You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Thursday show for you. We're going to talk about training camp football. And I know the excitement level because NFL camps have started. Every team is in camp. You just need to kind of tone it down a little bit, and I'll tell you why. Also, maybe this could have gone in my daily roundup, but it is sports slash pop culture related. Travis Kelsey tried to get with Taylor Swift, and she shot him down. (laughs) Bryce Young has been named the starter already for the Carolina Panthers week one against Atlanta. I have my thoughts on that. Contracts that were given out. We talked about it yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit about it more today. And how about Aaron Rodgers taking a fairly sizable pay cut because he wants the Jets to be good sometime in the next two years? We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's get started. I have mixed feelings when it comes to NFL training camps opening. (laughs) The first feeling is elation because we've been without professional football. No, I don't count the XFL and the USFL as professional football. We've been without it since February. Since the Chiefs beat the Eagles, basically no football. And so it's very exciting to know that camps have opened. In two or three weeks, we're going to get preseason games. There's nothing exciting about preseason football. I'm sorry. But camps have opened. Every time you turn on Sports Center, they've got reporters at people's camps. We're showing clips of stuff and whatever. So I love the fact that we're just camps are open and we're getting close to the start of the season. However, I I, I just cannot get excited for training camp football. Unless there's like a major injury that happens, nothing you tell me that happened during a training camp practice convinces me of anything one way or another. Nothing. You're literally practicing half speed. You know, I'm already hearing reports, Aaron Rodgers gelling with his wide receivers. Then I see clips of him taking a snap, not being rushed, and his receivers running a 10-yard slant and him throwing the ball to them. I'm sorry, that's not game speed. He's not even being rushed. Like, nothing that happens in a practice where you're going up against nobody tells me anything about anything. Oh, wow, they threw a bomb in practice and he caught it. Congratulations. What defense were they in? Was it the fourth quarter? Were there under two minutes left? How was the pass rush? Like, it it does not matter. I could complete 60 out of 60 passes. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. These are professional quarterbacks. They should complete every pass where they have, one, nobody rushing them, and two, nobody defending their receivers. That's why I've always got a kick out of pro day when these college kids have scouts come to their pro day and you hear that Justin Fields completed 59 of 60 passes. Again, he wasn't being rushed, and his receivers weren't being guarded. So anything over, I don't know, five missed, five incompletions, you'd even have to break that down. Was it the receiver that dropped it, or was it a bad throw? But if you can't complete a pass to a receiver who isn't being guarded and you're not being rushed, that's not a good sign. So, again, love the fact that football is underway. 
and I love the fact that this just means we're only six weeks away. Today is, I believe, exactly six weeks from opening night, Lions at Chiefs on Thursday night football. So that part I'm excited about. But you cannot get me excited about preseason football. You can't even get the players excited about it. It's why it's gone from four games, and in the last few years it's now down to three. And we all know inevitably the NFL is going to go to an 18-game season and there's going to be two preseason games. Yet the NFL still seems to feel the need to charge you full amount for a preseason game on tickets. That makes absolutely zero sense. We've seen preseason football. Even if your guy plays a quarter, one, the games don't count for anything, and two, by the third and fourth quarter, nobody that's playing that's going to play in a regular season game is probably playing in that third or fourth quarter. Yes, you might have some guys that perform well. Maybe they get picked up by somebody else. Maybe they make the squad, and maybe some of them will contribute. But for the most part, 95% of those players that are playing in the third and fourth quarter of a preseason game are never going to be heard from again, or they're going to be second, third stringers on the team. So nothing that happens in a preseason football game matters to me. Hell, if a starting offense is going up against a second string defense, I don't care what the starting offense does. If it's starters versus starters and it's one series, again, you can say, like, wow, look at the Bills. They marched down the field against, I don't know, the Saints' number one defense. Well, great. It was still a preseason game. It's not that much to get excited about there. You know, I think I think that there's it, – it, all, all this does is signify to me what happened, you know, everyone reporting to camp. Two things for me. We're getting closer to the start of the season, and Hard Knocks is about to start on HBO. That's all I care about. Although Hard Knocks can get insufferable this season with the Jets because there's going to be so many people just all over the Jets watching them in training camp. And we've talked about this before. Teams in the past that are on Hard Knocks, immediately their win total, either the juice on their win total goes up or their win total goes up by a half or even a full win because people are like, wow, look at this team because it's the only team you're watching in the preseason, you know? The only team that's being focused on a weekly show. So you start to like the players, you start to like the coaches or whatever, and you're like, wow, I can. this team looks pretty good. And then everyone bets the over. And I think since the start of Hard Knocks, most of the teams featured in Hard Knocks, their win total has ended up going under. I don't know what the exact number is. I know I've seen it at one point, but I think it ends up going under. Last year it went over because the Lions went 9-8. and eight. They're... Their win total, I believe, was six and a half. And now their win total is nine and a half. They went nine and eight last year, and their win total only went up by a half point. And yet everybody is penning them as the NFC uh, North champions. You know, everybody thinks that they're going to win it. And maybe they will, but we'll have to see. Um, what else is happening? Oh, so, <laughs> uh, I'll, you know what? I'm going to push the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift story a little bit later on in this podcast. The Carolina Panthers announced that um, Bryce Young is going to be their starter. And the, the Panthers were 7-10 and 10 last year with no quarterbacking. And so they, they went out and got a new coach. They got Frank Reich, who came from Indianapolis, should make the team better. But I probably should have looked up this statistic. 
I, I just know off the top of my head, rookie quarterbacks and the amount of wins they get in year one is never very high. I could probably find out if I looked, but Bryce Young named the starter of the Carolina Panthers, and I know they went 7-10 and 10 last year. Their over-under win total is 7.5. I mean, if you go back through the last few quarterbacks that have been drafted high, number one, and their first year in the league, I don't think any of those won eight games. I know, I know Trevor Lawrence didn't. I know Deshaun Watson didn't. I mean, just so many to go through. I know Justin Fields didn't. These are all top five picks. Bryce Young is we, – we think they're going to go eight and nine? And look, I still have plenty of time before I decide whether or not I'm going to bet the Carolina Panthers over under win total this year. But seven and a half wins right now on July 26th seems very high for a rookie quarterback. That they have to go eight and nine for you to win that bet on the over. And right now the juice is minus 125 on the over. So people are betting the over on the Carolina Panthers win total. Seems really high if you go on past performances from rookie quarterbacks. Winning eight games your rookie year, that's that's not easy. And, yes, they're probably in the worst division in the NFC, in the NFC South, with Tampa Bay, who's going to be terrible, New Orleans, who will be good, and Atlanta, who I think they were 7-10 and 10 last year as well. So it's not the most daunting division to get through, but that's only six of your 17 games. You know, this is probably, a, you know, Carolina 3-3 three and three in the division. Then they need to go 5-6 five and, five and six in their non-division games. That's what I'm saying. I'm just looking at it right now. I have not looked at their schedule yet, but I'm just looking at, like, no matter who they play on their schedule, even if they have a strength of schedule towards the bottom in the NFL – a rookie quarterback winning eight games in his rookie year just doesn't happen very often, and we've all heard the com- we've all heard the criticism or the worries that people have about Bryce Young. He's just too small. I mean, he's smart, he's got a good arm, but he just seems so tiny out there. And right away, is he just going to be able to light up other teams in the NFL? Hmm. We'll see. All right. So yesterday. We talked a lot about contracts in the NFL and what these guys are signing, and we talked about Jalen Hurt signing for two fifty, and then Lamar signing for two fifty, or Jalen Hurt signing for two fifty five, and then Lamar signing for two hundred sixty million, and then Justin Herbert signing for two sixty two and a half, and you could be like, okay, <laughs> you look at those guys and you break down their wins in the playoffs, and you're just like, wait a second, Jalen Hurts has been in the league and has started, this is going to be his third year starting in the NFL. He's only started two years in the NFL, and he has two playoff wins, both of them last year. Yes, he got to the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert is 0-1 in his career in the playoffs. This is his third year starting, and he's currently the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the NFL, highest-paid player in the history of the NFL. That'll last a couple weeks until Joe Burrow signs his deal, but you know what I'm saying. Clearly, how much you make has nothing to do and you can't correlate it to playoff wins because Jalen Hurts has two, and he's making $255 million. Justin Herbert has zero, and he's making two sixty-two and a half. Lamar Jackson, I believe, has one playoff win, maybe two. And he's been a starter for, what, six, seven years? 
and he's making 260. I mean, we've talked about it time and time again, what Patrick Mahomes has done in his first five years as a starter in the NFL, going to the AFC Championship minimum every single year he's been in the league. Three Super Bowls, he's won two of them, and he's not the highest paid player in the league. But that's what I'm saying. Best player does not mean highest paid, and highest paid certainly doesn't mean best quarterback. These are all good quarterbacks. Some of them are great. I think Justin Herbert's probably going to be the best out of those three eventually, but the guy hasn't won a playoff game, and he's the highest paid player in the history of the NFL right now. I mean, it it kind of sounds ridiculous, but it's also kind of what we talked about yesterday of it's just the going rate. That's just what it is. It has nothing to do with wins in the playoffs or Super Bowl victories because if you just paid people on playoff wins and Super Bowl victories, you would just go in order and pecking order. And right now Mahomes would be so far ahead of everybody else because I believe he's got 11 playoff wins in five years, 11 or 12. He's going to have the second most playoff wins of any quarterback who's ever played the game within the next two or three years probably because number two has 15 or 16 wins. I believe that's Terry Bradshaw. Obviously, we know Brady's out at like 36 or 37 wins, but the quarterback with the second most playoff wins in the history of football, I believe, is Terry Bradshaw, and he's got 16, and Mahomes is at 11 or 12 already. So he's going to be the second best overall, and the numbers that he puts up are just stupid. They're video game numbers, and right now, I mean, shit, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I mean, look, he, he's, he's making enough money. His contract was like 10 years, $450 million or something like that. He's making $45 million a year, whatever it was for, for Mahomes, or 10 years, four hundred. You know, pretty good contract. <laughs> it's not saying that he's poor, but Justin Herbert, as we stand here on July 27th, is the highest paid player in the history of the league, followed by Lamar, followed by Jalen Hurts. But – Give it a few weeks, and just and Joe Burrow is going to be the highest-paid player ever. Speaking of contracts and quarterbacks, did you see what Aaron Rodgers did? So he was due $100 million or $100 is either $105 or $110 over the next two years to be quarterback of the Jets. And he restructured his deal and took a $35 million pay cut. Look, nobody's going to feel sorry for the guy. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars over his career, but... Still pretty impressive to do because he could have just been like, I want my $100 million. No, he took he's, he's now taking – he restructured his deal to where he's going to be – he has a two-year contract for $75 million now to quarterback the Jets. So he's at, what, $37.5 million a year? I don't even think that's top 10 in terms of annual salary for quarterbacks. But it also frees up $35 million for the Jets to spend on whoever, get some players in because it looks like – the Jets have a two-year window with Rodgers. That's what they're looking at. That's why they did two years, 75. Maybe if he plays great over these two years, they'll you know maybe do another one-year deal, and every, he'll just come back on one-year deals. But two years, 75 million, not, I don't even know, annual salary of 37 and a half. It's definitely not in the top five. Probably outside the top 10 or right around 10. And... I mean, it's you gotta you gotta tip your hat because he's decided to give money back to the team so they can spend it in other places, and you rarely see that from guys. They just want their money, and 
you know, for a guy who's, I believe, 38 years old, he doesn't need necessarily the money because he's made so much in his career already, and it's more about winning and trying to help the team. So um, you gotta you got to tip your hat to him whether you like him or not. He is a weird guy. He is a guy that seems very surly on the football field. He never seems to be happy about, I don't know, anything. But he's in a new situation. It's going to be really interesting to see which way this goes because if Aaron Rodgers doesn't perform, it's one thing to not perform in Green Bay when everybody's lives in Green Bay revolve around Packer football. There's no NBA team. I mean, you've got the Bucs, but they, they're, not, they're not the Green Bay Bucks. You certainly know, and you got Milwaukee, you got the uh, the Brewers, but Packer football is what those people are about. So even if they're not playing well, they're not really booing him off the field. And when he brought them a Super Bowl and four MVPs, like it was very hard to boo Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers comes out in Week One and stinks up the joint, I believe they play Monday Night Football against the Bills, right? Yeah, it's Bills at Jets Monday Night Football to start the season. If he goes 18 of 37 for 187 yards and one touchdown and two picks and the Bills beat them by two touchdowns, how do you think the New York fans are going to handle that? Probably going to boom out of the building. So just because he's Aaron Rodgers, and he has been great, he's been the MVP two of the last three years. In 2020, in 2020 and 2021, he was the MVP. Last year, he wasn't very good. Now, it could be because lack of talent on Green Bay – he essentially wanted out. You could tell that things just – he never clicked with the coaching staff last year. So it is possible that he has a bounce-back year. But it also is possible that if he does not play well this year, you're like, okay, wow, last year in Green Bay was more telling than the previous two years in Green Bay. It seems like he's on the downside of his career. And a funny story, like I said, this could have been part of the pop culture and story and – in my daily roundup, but I wanted to save it for the sports daily is the fact that Travis Kelsey on his podcast um, said that when he went to the Taylor Swift concert in Kansas City, he made a bracelet, you know, the whole thing with the whole bracelets going around at any of the concerts, and he made one and he had it made with his phone number on it and he tried to get it to Taylor and it never got to her. She essentially, I guess, rejected it. She doesn't talk pre-show or post-show because she's got to save her voice because she sings for three hours and 15 minutes and 44 songs, you know, 55 nights in a span of six months. So she doesn't really chit-chat with anybody. But he told the story that he tried to drop her his number, and she was like, yeah, uh, no dice, dude. And, and probably better. I mean, we've talked about this on the Daily Roundup about who Taylor Swift should date. She needs to date somebody who's just as famous as her. I just don't think it'll ever work out with her and somebody. Like, she's not going to date, you know, the the night manager at Home Depot. But she's always dated somebody that's in the public eye, whether it was an actor or a singer, whatever the case. But... I think those people that she's dated just they can't handle her popularity. She needs to date an A-lister. I think that's the only way it works for her. But I think that A-lister doesn't need to be an athlete. We all know the reputation of athletes. The last thing Taylor Swift needs to do, especially when 
at the end of next month, she starts her international tour from August of 2023 to August of 2024, where she's doing 71 international dates that are going to go over the course of a year. Do we really think that someone like Travis Kelsey is going to be, I don't know, loyal to her when she's on the road for a year? <laughs> the, athletes aren't loyal when their wives are in town. <laughs> so, yeah, don't have to worry about that. Uh, probably a good thing, Taylor, that you rejected Travis. It ain't going to work. You don't need to be with an athlete. Try somewhere else. Um I think she needs to be with an A-list actor. The problem is when I went over A-list actors in like between the 30 to 38 range that are single, there just weren't many. I just I couldn't find many. I Googled it, and I was just like, well, who in this list could she date? And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I didn't find many that, that fit. So I guess maybe musician again. But it's got to be somebody that that is literally just as famous as her. I, I really do think that's the only way it could work with her is she has to date another A-lister because anyone that's not an A-lister just can never wrap their head around her popularity and the demands put on her. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. Please uh, follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review if you can. Tomorrow and Monday's podcast will be from California, so I'll be recording into my phone. Probably sound a little bit different. You've heard those back when I was in on the road in March during uh, March Madness, and then I was in California. So it'll sound different, but I'm still going to deliver uh, a show for you tomorrow and, uh, and, and Monday. And so I'll be, yeah, because I'm going to be in California this weekend, 30-year high school reunion. How about that? Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I really appreciate it. And remember... Sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.